Welcome to Dynamics of Dialogue, your one-stop shop for peace and love on the airwaves, a safe space for people of color and our allies. Join us every week as we have real dialogue with people going through real life. Your dynamic, your dialogue. Come get some. Uh, hey, everybody. <laughs> this is your host, Rebel Queen, and uh, we're here to talk about voting this week. Um, there's so much going on in, in our country right now. Um, I think it's extremely important that we pause and, and talk about the importance of voting uh, because it's 2018 and we're still having this conversation. So I'm here today with my co-host, Ella Shea Farmer. Hi, Say, how are you? And you are of Mad Queen of Mad Queen Media. Media. Chiming in, talking about voting. Talking about voting today. No matter uh, where you are, you need to vote. Oh my God. I, I cannot stress how important this vote is. Um, oh, you know, uh, it, it is, uh, it's overwhelming. I have to pause for a minute because it's overwhelming to realize that this is 2018 and there are still conversations being had about um, and it and and I'm not I don't I need to be really clear and not uh, give the impression that I'm invalidating it because the fact of the matter is that we do have to have these conversations. Absolutely. We're in Georgia right now and we're locked in a battle of voter suppression, um, and and that's what precipitates this mistrust, right? You know I think that um, when we look at the entire voting system, I think we as a whole have a tendency to believe that we don't have the power to change anything because all of these things are happening. And my thoughts are that I think that we, we, we feel that way because traditionally um, we've gone through a period where we had the civil rights movement and there were people orchestrating and coming together and saying this is what we should do and they collaborated. And then we got to a certain place and got certain liberties and then we got comfortable. And yes, there were some organizations organizing, but there was a period of time where you had organizations, black organizations pushing for civic causes and they were being corrupt, right? Mm -hmm. Remember um, all kinds of scandals. Do you remember that? Uh, tell me a little more. You know about, um, I'm thinking about the Rainbow Coalition, mm -hmm. the, the Rainbow Push. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. And um but and then you've also heard lots of scandals about, you know, different NAACP branches and things like that because people, you know, and, and so things pe there are people that will come in spaces and do those things and it tarnishes the reputation of the organization. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think now I'm, so it's not like these ideas that people have, you know, they did it's not like they completely fabricated it. It's just those things create mistrust, but at the same time it kind of really um it kind of really, you know, there there are people right now that are doing some amazing things. There are legislators like uh, Kamala Harris. You want to talk about that Kamala Harris uh, article you were telling me about? Uh, well, apparently she went off because she feels like Georgia is tripping on the voters. They've used the exact match law to suspend 53,000 voter registrations. 70% of which are African-American voters. And I mean, it's all the way down to if you don't have a hyphen and you should have a hyphen, you are under suspension. 
Wow. I can't think of a more effective way to disenfranchise a group of people. Like, but at the same time, you know, of course, you know, you should have your paperwork. And we do have to be a little more proactive about our registration. You know, we know at this point these are not new tactics. Mm-mm. They're reported every year somebody's talking about what's going on. So mm-hmm. we have to be a little more proactive in the community about making sure our paperwork is in order, making sure your address is listed. For example, I'm still registered to vote in my hometown. So I make sure I vote in my hometown. Mm-hmm. Because I knew, I knew that the time in which I moved, I might have voter registration issues in that window. Mm-hmm. So I just kept my residence the way it was so I make sure I'd be able to vote. That's, yeah, absolutely. Because these are the things that you have to do because you know what they do to suppress your vote. Right, right. And, so, and that's how we overcome it, right? So that's the challenge. People think that because, you know, you see what he just did, so purging all, pur- purging all of these people from the voting roll, that that means that we can't combat it. Mm-hmm. But if he's purging all those people, I mean, if somebody took something from you, what are you going to do? Are you going to let them? And that, that kind of is what I, I want to discuss. Why is it that we complain about our voice not being heard or we tell ourselves our voice doesn't count when we have that voice? Or if somebody, if we have felons and for some reason they spread this rumor that felons can't vote. Now every felon, you know, is liable is likely to believe it when that's not true. And at least the state of Indiana, as long as you served your time, you can vote. It depends on, you know, if they state? took away your right to vote. You have to be more proactive about your rights as a citizen. Th- th- that is it right there. You that can't is let it. them tell you, you what can't, you can't Right, do. because that's what happens, right? That, you know, why do we think that they use media to spread this propaganda? Because they know, and I'm not really, you know, I'm grateful. People talk about millennials. I'm grateful the younger generation because they you you do have this split where some of them are not politically involved and then you have some of them that are super politically charged i think this is probably more than we've seen in a long time um but at the same time they want us to believe that so we don't exercise that right to vote but we don't understand that we if it's a simple principle if somebody walks up to you and punch you in your face and take something from you, you're going to either beat them down and get it back, you're going to report it, or you're going to replace it, right? Mm-hmm. So why do we let people do that with our vote? If if, if, if you know they're good, that they're going to do this, the more of us that vote, we overwhelm the system. It, we, you know, there's more of us than more of them, than them, right? Mm-hmm. So like I was saying earlier, what are they going to do? Invalidate 50% of the votes in the country? No way. Right, because it's just like any other process, right? Sort of like uh, like how we've been doing Robert's Rules of Order. You have to have a quorum. You have to have certain things in place in order for a vote to even be valid. So mm-hmm. it would be impossible to, to have 100%, I wish, right? That's wishful thinking. But it would be impossible to have 100% of the voters in this country vote or 80% of the voters in this country vote, and then they invalidate half of that number. Mm. You know, because it, you, you still have to have uh, some type of consensus. Why? Because we have, a, what, an electoral college. Mm-hmm. Right. And according to this article, I'm on the Hill, uh, same article, uh, there was a poll on real clear politics. Campus leading Abrams by an average of 1.4%. That's significant in an election. It's very significant. That's significant. It can make or break, you know, the election. It can. It really can. And uh, he also, let's see, a federal judge, district judge denied his request to, um, I just want to make 
read this clear. He wanted to delay an injunction that prevented election officials from tossing the ballots. So Right, and, and that's exactly what he did. The ACLU just released a statement on the 25th of October, and they say in response to the Secretary of State's motion for the district court to stay its temporary restraining order guaranteeing due process for Georgia citizens who vote by absentee ballot, the ACLU of Georgia provides the following statement. We are disappointed that the Secretary of State is unwilling to grant due process who vote by absentee ballot, stated Andrea Young. She's the executive director. And it says that we will continue to defend the rights of Georgia voters. You know, um, I, I, I think any time, didn't we talk about in the beginning of the show, uh, uh, Abigail Disney? Mm -hmm. You know, any time you have a position where the top 1% of the country comes back and says, hey, you know what? We have too much money. We don't need it. You guys need to pay attention because you need this more than we do. Yeah, Abigail Disney, she did that video um, pretty much explaining how they didn't need, the 1% did not need the tax cut they received. Yeah. And a lot of people don't even know what happened. So by the time she's showing the video, they're like, what tax cut? Right, because we're not paying attention. That's the challenge. See, so people say, okay, well, you know, and all of these things are true. Right, we can't deny any of these things are not true, that they're not trying to take away our vote. But now, does that mean that we don't do it and we don't pay attention? Because if we actually are looking at what's happening, we can see it, it's right in front of us, right? This is, these are the same people that benefit the absolute most. They've been silent all of these years because this is how they stay rich, by getting all of these tax cuts. But even they are concerned. I mean, doesn't that tell you something? If the 1%, I mean, what is yeah, She wrote a letter with, what, 400 other rich people saying, come on, guys. Come on, guys. We don't need this tax cut. No. Pay more attention. <laughs> no. You know what? Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm going to get that clip, and I'm going to play that clip for you. I'm going to play that clip in a second. Hold on. My name is Abigail Disney. Now I'm just going to answer your next three questions before you ask them. Yes, I am related. Yes, I do get into Disneyland for free. And no, he's not frozen. My grandfather Roy and my great uncle Walt came from near total poverty in the rural Midwest and with gumption and guts and brilliance started a little company you might have heard of, the Walt Disney Company. They made a lot of money. They gave some of that money to my dad and then my dad gave it to me. I did not do anything to earn that money. And yet, I'm about to get a huge handout from Congress. You might have heard it called a tax cut, and yes, it's a very fat tax cut for me, along with some other people and corporations, mostly in the 1%. But it's probably not going to be a meaningful tax cut to you. For example, if you work for a living, your income is probably gonna be taxed at a higher rate than mine once I set up a pass-through corporation to send it through. That's right, 21%. This bill will give me this tax cut while also killing health insurance for over 13 million people. It will let me pass over $20 million along to my children tax-free. And all my friends with private jets, they get a tax cut too. In the meantime, you can say goodbye to any of the state and local taxes you write off. And if you're a teacher, you can say goodbye to writing off school supplies. My grandfather was the American dream. He was able to go from poverty to incredible wealth. That's called social mobility. With a suffocating education system, 
a dying infrastructure, and a national debt that will be at least $1.5 trillion bigger, that social mobility will be far out of reach for people like you. But I will be able to stay comfortably right where I am. Does that strike you as fair? I know we heard that the swamp was getting drained, but given how this bill was written, I think it's looking a lot like a nightmare from Pirates of the Caribbean. Have I made you angry yet? I really hope I've made you angry. You should be. No one who votes for this tax bill will be voting with your life in mind, but you will pay for it and the debt it generates in cuts to Medicare, Social Security, public education, and in bills paid to your mechanic to repair the axles you break in potholes on your way to work. We've been around the block on supply-side economics now in a very serious way, and we know that it doesn't work. We know that wealth does not trickle down. My grandfather and my great-uncle relied on public investment to build the Walt Disney Company to what it is today. But more than anything, without a thriving and healthy middle class, there are no consumers for what Disney creates. I know it must seem strange to you that I'm speaking up about this tax bill when I have so much to gain by it. But if a democracy is just a bunch of people advocating for their own self-interest instead of the interests of the greater good, then we're not democracy, we're anarchy. We need to start voting and acting as citizens as though the common good matters more than our own personal well-being. Yeah, so who were you telling me some of these people that are on this list that she's talking about? About yeah, it was about a year ago they uh heard they heard they were getting this tax cut and they petitioned to Congress not to cut their taxes. This would be uh Ben Cohen and Jerry Greenfield of uh, Ben and Jerry's Ice Cream, fashion designer Eileen Fisher, uh hedge fund manager George Soros, mm. Stephen Rockefeller. Mm. So yeah, Dang. these are people that have wait. money. Wait, wait, wait. And you know, oh, wait, and now, okay. Oh, no, no. Rockefeller made, isn't Rockefeller connected? Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, Rockefeller's a significant name. But right, but I mean, I, I was, don't know what each individual one does. I was wondering, uh, Rockefeller, I mean, because I know they had steel and all of that mm -hmm. other stuff, banking, but I think that um, part of that, the, the origin of that Rockefeller money is like slave money, you mm. know? Oh, so, yeah. Right, they're, so they're, you know, they were rich. Like Wells Fargo has been around for more than 100 years. That 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 that's you know, mm -hmm. you got a lot of stuff going on, a lot of labor and stuff that went into that. Anyway, um, so yeah, you know, I, I it just makes it sit sit more resonate for me uh, a little bit more as to how we can have people of this magnitude, people with old money, long money, long money. <laughs> They're like, please, don't we don't need any more? That are saying, please, no. <laughs> No, this is not we don't right. need it. We don't, don't do it this way. Right, you know, they're telling us they and and the fact that they're speaking up and they're actually speaking to us. They're speaking. They're they're not speaking to the GOP. Well, they are speaking to the GOP, saying, "Hey, we don't need any more," but they're telling us to pay attention. I mean, doesn't that say something? That we should be paying attention because a lot of people are like, "What tax cut?" So I just don't understand what is a block. What kind of block do you have? that you can be aware that this is happening and still believe that you can't do anything, you know? And I kind of can't believe that it's just, we actually know all of this is happening. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to digest and still don't believe that we can do anything. Or is it that we're just not paying attention? And I know the whole, there's lots of us who are, who are very active. I was mentioning earlier how the Atlanta NAACP has been all over this 
The ACLU has been all over this. Spread the Vote Georgia has been all over this. Um, so those who are active are, are doing it. But then we need those who aren't. And I don't think they understand how much we need them. That's why we're so passionate. Well, maybe they feel like they've it's not going to work out for them. Or I don't know, maybe the, they feel powerless or um, they're not really recognizing the value of their voice or the support. Maybe. That could be what it is. Uh, I, you know, uh, but see, again, this is what I mean by knowledge is power. So I don't understand how do you get these messages of knowledge is power out of this community and at the same time you, you don't know that you don't understand that if this is what's happening, the way that you can overcome that is to outnumber them by overwhelming with votes. More people who don't vote, vote. That will sway it, right? How is that not a part of our, our knowledge quest? You mentioned the AJC. Um, they did a poll last week um, questioning if people had trust in the voter process in Georgia. They, 49% uh, poll were concerned with being allowed to vote when they arrived at the poll. Mm. So if you know you're a registered voter and you're seeing that people you know are already being messed with issues months in advance, months before the election, um, a lot of people, I've, according to this poll, um, like once again, it's on the AJC site, mm -hmm. um, they're hesitant about even going because they're worried about being allowed when they arrive. You know, and, and I can understand that. And I think that um, I'm glad you brought that point up because I think that it, it speaks to a, a concern, a deeper concern that we have, right? We've been through periods of time. We've already seen pictures of the first civil rights movement where um, you see people getting beaten. You see them getting dogs after people. You see them, um, uh, you know, getting brutalized by police, bloodied, you know, by police. So we know that that, 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 that possibility, and we, we see it from then in civil rights. We see it right now in Ferguson, these, these protesters. Um, yeah, we have to, let's unpack that. Like there's definitely still residual trauma from half a decade, half a century ago. It was not that long ago that they had the dogs at the polls. You know, I, um, today I was scrolling Instagram and I saw a picture of an activist son hanging. They actually, she oh, actually wow. posted the picture of his dead body. She, somebody sent it to her, I think she said, um, sheets still around his neck and in a photo, it just looked like his, I don't know, it looked like his pants was around his ankles. and. You know, I, my brain was just, it, I, at first I didn't expect to see that. You know, that, that's, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and that, that in itself was traumatic. That's what makes it so difficult instantly. Um, the fact that we see it, the fact that we can see that these things are going on and still don't believe that we need to interact with these government officials, mm -hmm. you know, um, and, 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 and make this happen. And the way we interact is we either go down there or we vote. Mm -hmm. and, and to go to your point, 
we're not going down there because we feel we fear the violence. I mean, I know um, I've seen even right here in Gwinnett, you know, going out to the board of commissioning meetings. We show up. We show up. Um, but th there's always a threat that they're going to call. And that's exactly last time I was there. It was during the Tommy Hunter scandal. Um, and, and people turned up. And that's exactly what they threatened to do, call the police. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing, though. And I'm glad uh, you, you, you brought this up, the concern about people physically going. Because what amazed me about this, and I, I, I'm trying to be real careful because I want to be conscious of the white savior narrative. But, um, you know, we're in there and people are screaming and the, the board, of com the commissioner, the chair of the commissioner, um, well, you know, we're not like we don't know who she is. She decides that she's going to threaten and she says she's going to call the police. And, uh, you know, everybody just started screaming more. But the people that turned up the most were these white ladies, mm -hmm. the white folks. What was the problem? Well, because we're, we're the, the, so the whole purpose there was a protest, right, where Tommy Hunter um, had made some, he's a co public commissioner in this county. He made some comments about Democrats that were really incendiary, about women, he's, you know, and, and black people and people of color. Um, and so they were, you know, boycotting him uh, to be, re to resign from, from the office. So people were there disrupting the meeting uh, publicly to force that issue to be discussed. So we were forcing them to, you know, um, but, uh, and this is, this is what we have the right to do. We have the right to come into the meeting and, and have time to speak on the floor and be heard. We have that right. Mm -hmm. um, and that's when, you know, people started shouting and she threatened um, order by calling the police. She threatened order by calling the police. That's what happened. Mm -hmm. um, so, but what stopped it were the white people saying, how dare you? You don't represent me. I pay taxes. It seemed like that voice, that Me Too voice, that, ex that representation actually meant something. Mm -hmm. And I'm not even sure how to feel about that. How would you? Representation is always important. Um, the key to it is knowing if the people representing you are represent your interests. Um, only way to really know that is to involve yourself in the process yeah. on every level. I mean, we 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 have we hold a lot of um, people accountable for not voting, but we should also focus on running for office and being the change that we want in the community. We don't spend a lot of time um, qualifying candidates that we support. So yes, people feel disenfranchised and they feel like their voice won't be heard because there isn't one person. There isn't. They don't feel there's anyone representing them in the ballot or you know, on every level through the process. So yes, say, say for example, you have somebody that may have an issue with the voter registration. They may not know how to go about making sure everything's okay. Resources are available, but as we saw earlier, some of those resources are difficult to find on the most basic websites. So you have to dig for information. Um, you, once again, you have to go down and look into it yourself. Nobody's going to hand it to you. 
but in the same token, right. we're, we can't discount the fact that this information is not as readily available as um, the state would like it to be. I would like to see us run, more people run for office so that those people who are underrepresented can feel like there is a voice or there is someone that will be in that position that they should support. So that brings up another point that, that, that I've heard coming from this population is that they believe the politicians are corrupt. Um, and, you know, again, to speak to some of these things, because I, I need to be, you know, fair um, in, in understanding. That's, you know, the vein of what this is about, really. As angry as I may get in the course of a debate, there is always, there, in each of these points, there is a piece of truth. And we are suffering from that right now. Mm -hmm. And we look at, I will look at Clayton County as an example. Mm -hmm. And Clayton County, and this is just on a local level, but uh, Clayton County is an example of a community where we know that there's lots of corruption that's rampant, yet we don't say or do anything about it, right? Somehow we managed to have a, I'm, I'm not in Clayton County, but I'm trying to say we because I don't want to. <laughs> but you know, you know, you, you have the sheriff that you know he's, He's done these things that are not fitting of a sheriff, yet he keeps getting elected. Mm -hmm. And I find that in a lot of urban communities. For some reason, we will continue to vote for that Democrat despite the fact that nothing in your community has changed since you've been voting for this system. In addition and to, there's complaints. Yeah. And, and suspect of criminal, of even criminal activity. And potholes. And sexual violence against women and all of this stuff. And yet he still gets up back in yeah. office. You just keep, they like abuse. I don't know. I think it's, I don't know. I don't know if they feel powerless or we, we've gotten so accustomed to abusive politics that we think that's the way it's supposed to go. Is that what it is? I think that's what we think. We think it's the way it's supposed to go. And, and so we've gotten an understanding that is really sociopolitical. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, when I say sociopolitical, meaning it's coming from social media that social culture that we're in, and it's about politics, but what we're missing is the basic understanding of how civics work. Mm -hmm. And when we understand how civics work, right, that, that you have to have X, Y, and Z to make something go, it just mm -hmm. doesn't, it can't be that the government, that the president can just come in and say, I'm going to strike the entire constitution, I'm going to right. strike this amendment. But we spend time talking about that because that's what he's, Putting this man as a reality TV star. Yes. Do you feel like um, voters are familiar with the levels of government and the way they interact with each other? So, like, if we want to fight crime and we want to stop, you know, urban issues in the community, do you think they see where, like, the chain of command where their vote matters with the legislature and how that affects the law? I don't think they see that. I think that they just feel, I think that they look at these examples of what's happening right now in the media and say, this is why I don't vote. It doesn't matter because all they're going to do is take it away anyway. And we, it's nihilist. we stop there. We don't understand that there, we're, you have an entire group of people telling you how to fix it. And the way to fix it, you got Oprah. Oprah said, <laughs> I was sitting the fuck at home. Okay, she ain't said like that. You know, she ain't said that. But she said nobody asked her. Nobody asked her to come here. She came down here on her own. You got how many celebrities you uh Oprah, um, God, who else has been here? President Obama is coming. 
If is Orphe was he here today? Tab, I don't know. I think I know President either he was here today or he's going to be here in the next day or so. I think he was here today. Um, you've had actors. Will Ferrell's been seen going door to door. Michael B. Jordan's been seen going to, going door to door. Um, I, and I know it's been other celebrities. I see Angela Rye uh, posting with the ACLU. Uh, about, you know, on ACLU of Georgia talking to voters about why it's important is everybody is pulling. And so you've got the people in the 1%. You got actors. You got all kinds of people pulling out the stops to tell us it's time to vote. The, everything. And, and the other part, you know, I wanted to talk about is why we got, we're pulling out the stops because our future depends on it. You know, we have to understand that if, A, we can't continue to say, I'm going to talk to the people instead of talking to the government is going to work. It hasn't worked yet. We're facing a situation where if we allow the GOP to stay in power, then we're making significant uh, changes to to a uh, threat to to global to global warming to climate change. Climate change is there, and and as long as this particular party stays in office, they're not going. They don't care about what's happening. I kind of have my own belief system about that. They don't care about what's happening. So now they're just letting it happen because they're personally benefiting from it. Meanwhile, they're speeding up destruction. And the level of catastrophe is going to get worse like Katrina. Mm -hmm. I think that we have forgotten the trauma of Katrina. Mm -hmm. If you pay attention to the tactics in this gubernatorial election, if you look at the commercials and just the campaigns of, you know, things against Stacey Abrams. It's fear. A lot of it is fear that, that uh, she's going to make the country racist. And I've seen um, she's trying to let illegal people vote. She wants illegals to vote. And people are regurgitating voters, Republican voters, you know, conservative voters, because they're not one in the same. But uh, they're regurgitating this information that she's trying to suppress these votes, or she's trying to allow ex ex so many people who are not eligible to vote um, and they're using these fear taxes to where it's actually working. Like, according to, once again, the J AJC poll, 64% per of Republicans believe ineligible people will be able to vote in this election, despite the fact that there's all this legislation going back and forth about these 53,000 registrations on the table. Right. They're still looking at, well, I'm still terrified that this is going to, where does that come from? Like, where does that fear that legit belief, despite the facts, despite the numbers, this legit belief that your party is going to lose because ineligible people can vote. You still believe that. Even if your candidate did everything he could do to stop it, you still <laughs> believe what you're seeing every day in these smear campaigns. Yeah. You're not even checking the candidate. They're not checking the candidates, and they're not. I noticed that when I, 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 when I watch, because I try, I've, I've been watching, um, the news because I just, I need to see this for myself, you know? Um, and when you see these campaign ads, they're not talking real, they're lying half the time. <laughs> they're just, you know, it's because the distortion of the truth ain't nothing but a lie. And then they're, they're, they're just using meaningless hot words, like don't let the bureaucrats take over Washington. <laughs> hot words. Like what the fuck, man? What do you mean don't let the bureaucrat, come on, you know, really, do you, 
you know, and then there's, and then the kicker, I, I could, it, it just disgusts me. After a while, I have to swallow, I have to turn the TV off because then they're talking about, well, Stacey Abrams is going to raise your taxes. They just raised the taxes. They, yeah. they just let's gave. Go, let's talk about the tax cut they, again. Are the, you listening? The, the ta- they just, and I'm like, and so how, how do you have this whole population of people that are totally, it, again, it's, it, we're looking at it from a social Socio political perspective. Yeah, memes win elections now. Yeah, memes. Memes, memes win elections. Face fake news. Oh, especially. Uh, let's, can we can we discuss for a second uh, the the Russian oh, with gosh. the Russian Twitter account? I would not be surprised if there were Twitter accounts in the Georgia election. We know that the, like it was documented. They, we don't talk about it too much, but we know that there were fake accounts designed to shift your mind in the election. These were not real accounts. But the media that they disseminated to the voters shifted the election. You know, um, it is it is the fact that they go to these lengths every year, <clears throat> every single year, should tell us that our vote means something. And they're getting better with the tactics. They're, they're getting, getting better sinister. with the, and they're getting more aggressive and they're becoming more covert. They're doing it openly. This is open. Yes. It's really, it, it still kind of blows my mind that it's really legal for the Secretary of State to actually stay in office and manage his own election That's as ridiculous. he runs for governor. That is insane. <clears throat> That's insane. That is insane. It stays. To the point that he's petitioning the federal court to hold votes. You know, <laughs> and it stays that way because, see, part of it is that we don't realize, like, as a community, we, we talk about we're going to solve these problems as a community, and we, I do believe we can absolutely solve c- problems within our community ourselves. That I believe 100%. What I also do not, what I do not believe, though, is that we can solve government problems within our community. We cannot solve government problems without involvement with the government because we don't have the power to change the government ourselves without interacting with them, right? So... But say, for example, um, uh, with these uh, white folks calling police on people, and it's resulted in so many people, we're acknowledging that this is resulting in the unnecessary death, police being called on people. So there's been a a, a senator, not a senator, I'm sorry, yes, I believe it was a senator that introduced some legislation in in his town, to in his state, to make that illegal. So... If we understand the process, that means that we understand that we have the ability to actually, as collective groups, to go to our senator and say, this is what we want. We want you to, to enact this bill. We want you to enact this bill. We go there, and I know that these meetings take place during the day most of the time, but because there is, well, in in, in legislature in the state level it is during the daytime and like the county commission they rotate between the day and the evening but in, mm-hmm. for the 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 state it, they do it at these times on purpose mm-hmm. but we still have the ability to you know write them we can go down to their office and schedule you can go down there and schedule an appointment with somebody you know what i'm saying this is atlanta naacp just did that you know, we, we can interact with them and tell the law may be written and it may have benefited other people all this time, but it doesn't mean we don't have the ability to go down there ourselves and say, this is what we're going to do. And there are people that are doing it and they need more help. Mm-hmm. 
but they're standing up against a population who doesn't believe they have the power to do it. And how do you convince someone that their voice is strong enough? I don't know that you can. Yeah. I don't know that you can. I think that this, that's the most unfortunate thing about it, you know, because we can explain the process. Um, we can lead by example. That's the only way that I can think of is 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 leading by example, mm -hmm. you know. And in some way, there's always a role to be played in it, you know. And and everybody doesn't have to. If we talked earlier about the fear, possibly the fear of that interaction, because um, I ain't gonna lie, you know. Even as angry as I was when I first went down to the police department, um, when I first went down to the police department, I I I felt a a lot of anger. But it is intimidating walking into those spaces, particularly by yourself, mm -hmm. you know, um, because you know what, you know, they do. And I happen to be fortunate because I feel like, you know, I, I've had the experience of, of taking that journey by myself. And after meeting the chief, chief heirs, Gwinnett County chief heirs, and spending time uh, working with them and talking with them, they're, reason they're, they're reasonable people. Mm -hmm. You know, um, but it, it means that we have to be willing to have these conversations. Mm -hmm. It's always an issue, well, for me, it's, it's no reason to feel defeated if you haven't really tried. You have to try. You have to try. Yeah. Now, like you were saying, the AJ, AJC has been all over this, uh, these voter suspensions, and it's, it is disheartening for an individual to see that agencies that have been around fighting for years are still being shut down. Because it's just rigged. The game is rigged and it's not fair. But if you know that, and you know that you have to mobilize for your family regardless and of who's in office, right? you know, you need to really figure out how to execute for your community. Yep. Regardless of who's in office. Yep. You know, communities are often looking for the next best leader instead of becoming that leader. Right. And we're looking to vote for them. The people who even do step up and have their voice, they still don't want to be the one to do it. You they want you to do it. Say that again. They need you to run. That's right. With all your expertise so they can support you. Yep. Instead of you know, being that person. And that goes back, because in season one, we had a political show. We did a uh, commentary with Rhonda Covid-Leary, Judge Rhonda Covid-Leary. Yes. It feels so yes. good to be able to say that, to know that I voted for her and she's in office. And that was a first. And that's in another example. It's another, she's a, a really awesome example of how a vote actually matters. Mm -hmm. We just had a first, this is national news, you know, and she's the first uh, female uh, African, she's the first African-American judge elected uh, in Gwinnett County. These, I know there have been, I believe there's been other judges, but they were appointed, not elected. Um, so, you know, to know that we actually do have the power to make that happen and these local elections are where it's important. Mm -hmm. And they came on the show and talked about one of the most important things that they need from our community is the financial support as well. Mm -hmm. So we, maybe if, if you feel like you can't go out, then provide the financial support. The ACLU, now that uh, they, they filed for a stay, if the judge grants them that, then that means the ACLU is going to have to go back and fight some more. This is why they ask for money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all of this, all of this uh, social action has a bill attached. Yeah, 
It has a bill. It, nobody's doing this for free. Right. They're doing this for the love. Right. Literally, most of your social activists, and then they're literally putting their lives at risk, their families at risk, to come here and speak on your behalf. And, you know, I'm so glad you said that because the last thing, you know, before we get out of here, I want to talk about, you know, I've hear, heard people say, hey, you know, all these politicians are corrupt. And like we said, we recounted a couple of issues earlier where we do have examples of corruption in our community. But because we see certain examples doesn't mean they're, they're all corrupt. Maxine Waters is fighting. Kamala Harris is fighting. Cory Booker is fighting. Mm -hmm. You know, Maxine Waters just had, auntie, they just sent two pipe bombs. Not one, but two. They, mm -hmm. they wanted to kill her. They sent yeah. two to her house. Auntie, you got a strong voice. Right. Auntie using a voice. It's, you know, we, you know it's, it's like imagine that, you know, 50 years from now, our kids are going to look back at the civil rights movement and say, you know, what were you doing? Because mm. mm. whether we realize it or not, this shit is history in the making. Like I'm starting to feel like we are collectively dissociating from our election cycle. We like are. If we don't participate in it, the election will just go away. Like it'll just go <laughs> away. <laughs> Politics will just go away if we don't participate. Right. And it's like, no. It's going to actually complicate things for you. It, it will. You're a small business owner. Things are going to get a little weird for you next year. Yeah, yeah, it <laughs> is. It, it <laughs> is. It is. Oh, things oh, that oh, matter. Oh, it, it does. But, you know, I still, pr I still say that we, we go and... We become small businessmen. We at least open the businesses so we can take the we can take advantage of the taxes. Absolutely, the taxes. Yeah, because I mean the way the economy is going, we're we're going to continue to struggle. But again, we have to go back and say to ourselves, I, at least I, maybe some don't care, but I care. I care. I want to be able to have an answer for my grandchildren. Mm -hmm. What did I do? Exactly. You know, I think that's important. I think we have to pay attention to that. And I just so I I mean I um. Wanted to have this open, candid conversation um, and cover some of the news that's going on and kind of connect the dots and talk about why and things that we can actually do, um, you know, in, in the event, um, you know, as we go out and vote. And in the event that we, uh, if you are having trouble and you are afraid, you know, you're, you know concerned that you're going to get down to the polls and get turned away, there is an election protection hotline. You dial that number. It's one eight six six. Our vote again. It is the election protection hotline. It is one eight six six. Our vote, and I'm going to encourage everybody. Follow. I mean, you know, they didn't ask me to do this. I, you know, nobody paying for no ad or anything. But ACLU of Georgia, um, I, I, I encourage people to follow ACLU of Georgia. They're fighting really hard. They're fighting really hard. Um, any any wrap up comments? Oh, yet? absolutely. Um, tell a friend to go out and vote. You know, of course, don't be pushy. Don't push the politics on anybody. We don't do that. Vote for who you want. I don't care who you register. I don't care who you support. Vote. I do. Vote. <laughs> because if we if we allow the GOP to stay in office, then what what we're doing is is making it. This election can turn the presidential election. You mm. know, we if we if we we we. I, and I don't want another four years of Trump. I I really don't. I'm already thinking about moving to Africa. Oh, man. That's all my life, y'all. So you were telling me about this Vote With Me app? Yeah. Talk I, to me about that. I found this app called uh, Vote With Me, and it's an app, you know, voter, re voter records are public information. You can access it on the Internet. I downloaded the app, and it encourages you to find the friends that you have that haven't voted yet, and you can text them. They haven't voted in past elections, and you can text them and remind them of the importance to vote. So 
that's exactly um, what um, I did. I downloaded it. I didn't contact anybody because I was surprised at some of the names I saw, and I was discouraged by some of the others. Um, but yes, so you can find that information online. Vote with me is the app if you'd like to encourage your friends to vote. And then also for my hometown people, uh, former President Barack Obama will be at the Genesis Center on November 4th. This is a free event, Get Out the Vote Rally. Um, this will be once again Sunday at 3 o'clock. I'm sorry, Sunday. I don't see the time. So go to the website, uh, visit ndems.org backslash Obama. That's I-N-D-E-M-S dot org backslash Obama. It's a free event, but you need a ticket, so make sure you get to the site and get out and vote. All right. Well, listen, I hope that you all gained some information from this show. Um, wanted to give, once again, share some information with you, talk about our perspective, our thoughts, and, and, and what the future repercussions could be. I'm, so I'm encouraging you. I mean, I can't tell you who to vote for. I care, but I can't tell you who to vote for. It is important to get out there and vote, though. And it's important to educate yourself about the issues. So once again, if you feel like you might have a problem, the Election Protection Hotline is one eight six six our vote Thank you for joining us, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our show. Tune in every Sunday at 3 p.m. at officialdfd.com. Follow us on social media at officialdfd. Your dynamic, your dialogue. Come get some.